Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Good Samaritan HealthCast. I am your new host, Katie Lovell, and I'm so excited to be here today. Today, I have nurse practitioner and therapist, Christy Riddle. How are you today, Christy? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. I am new to this role. I've only been in the nurse practitioner role here at Good Samaritan for a year now, but I've been at the hospital for two and a half years. I was originally in the ICU working as a critical care nurse. Previously, I've been in the mental health field since 2003. I have worked with many areas in mental health from the Department of Child Services to inpatient psychiatric hospitals at Deaconess Cross Point in Evansville, River Valley in Owensboro, Kentucky. I ran a couple of psychiatric residential treatment facilities and some outpatient therapist roles as well. So mental health has always been my passion, and I'm glad to be back in the area that I grew up in, more or less. When I took over the nurse practitioner role here at Good Samaritan, I have a little bit of a split role. So um, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, I spend the majority of my time at the Riverfront office um, through the Samaritan Center. And then on Wednesdays, I cover the hospital for psychiatry consults. Oh, okay. Um, and in your title, you I mentioned that you are a therapist. So are you a licensed social worker? I am. I'm actually a licensed clinical social worker. I got my license about 15 years ago and have been focused mainly on trauma, anxiety, and the treatment of substance use. Okay. Um, So as a nurse practitioner in that role, then you still get to utilize that skill as a therapist then? I do. It's actually the best of both worlds. I can explain how your medication works and why we do a medication temporarily, but why it's so important to work on the deep-rooted issues through therapy. We like to see medication sometimes as a short-term fix for issues that you've had for many years that we can deal with in therapy so you don't have to be on medication long-term. Yeah. So you talked about short-term medication usage uh, to help treat some long-term issues that some people may have. So what are some examples of those issues that you help with? A lot of the issues that we help with short-term-wise for medication can be anxiety, such as being fearful of bees or having to deal with anxiety related to traumatic issues in your past. And we can use those medications temporarily to help relieve the symptoms so we can do the therapy that will much better help you in the long run. It's oftentimes better to deal with the issues through talk therapy, um, through a variety of therapy approaches in order to take care of these deep-rooted issues that you've had for many years so you're not reliant on medication for the rest of your life. So you talked a little bit about different therapy approaches that you would take for these certain situations. So what are some examples of those different therapy approaches or what are some that you use? Since 2003, I've been using a variety of approaches. Uh, Certain ones I've used is eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing for adults when they've had extremely traumatic events such as physical abuse or sexual abuse. For instances where like if someone has a 
terrible fear of bees and they are reliant on a benzodiazepine like Xanax or Ativan to prevent a panic attack when they see a bee. Such therapy approach I would use for that would be the exposure therapy. But one of my major focuses in my career has been TFCBT. It's trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy. It's an approach that I have used with adolescents and children for the past seven years. It's an evidence-based program that has shown efficacy in reducing the traumatic responses that children have for traumatic events such as physical abuse, sexual abuse, neglect, the death of a loved one. It could be the removal from the home from DCS, a variety of situations that can be solved through this therapy approach that I just often refer as TFCBT. Okay. And for TFCBT, what is an example of that? What does that look like for a patient that we're coming to see with those traumas or issues? So it's kind of a long process, unfortunately. So we get to know you, we get to know what your trauma is, how long it has occurred, and how it's impacting your life. Once we have that understanding, we do an assessment or an intake called the UCLA PTSD. So the University of California, LA, for the post-traumatic stress disorder. We do a variety of questions to see how you react to situations that are not triggering for some people, such as someone saying your name and all of a sudden you jump. That's not a normal response. That's a traumatic trauma response. So depending on your scoring on a 40 questionnaire, we will determine whether or not this type of a therapy approach is pertinent to you, that would be helpful. Because it's important that we do a therapy approach that's going to be helpful not to you and not cause more harm. Okay. Um, And you talk about different types of trauma, like physical abuse, sexual abuse. Are there any other types of traumas that you may deal with? Maybe um, a death of a parent or something like that? Sure. I have covered... Uh, all types of trauma in my work. I have handled the loss of a sibling through a tragic vehicle accident. I have helped children and adolescents through a great deal of sexual abuse. I've had some adolescent females who have had a traumatic abortion or a stillbirth that we have had to help them through that. It, this type of a therapy approach is very beneficial for children ages 3 through 18. Depending on their intellect level, we can go a little bit beyond 18 if we need to. But it's been helpful for a variety of different trauma approaches because TFCBT is a manualized program, which means that we follow a series of steps in order to complete this therapy because research has shown that if you follow these steps in sequential order, it is the most helpful and beneficial to the patients in the long run. Okay. And then what is an example of the steps that you would have? I know that you said that it was a long-term process that would happen, unfortunately, Um, But I guess my question is more about how would someone prepare to come and see you if they were wanting to deal with this trauma? How would they, I guess, mentally be prepared to see you? So the first appointment, I always talk through them that that this is a longer process of a therapy. Usually I meet with you once a week for about 45 minutes to an hour and we meet over four months. So it's about 16 weeks total. And we come together and kind of check in each time to make sure you're mentally prepared And before you leave my office that day, you already know what you're going to expect for the next week. We follow um, their program through what's called a practice, P-R-A-C-T-I-C-E. And every single letter is a certain step in the 
program or the therapy approach for TFCBT. Okay. So you just mentioned an acronym for us, PRACTICE, P-R-A-C-T-I-C-E. So tell me what that means. Sure. It's broken up into PRAC and then the TICE part. The PRAC is where we teach you skills in order to be successful in this program. We're going to teach you the skills so you don't be more traumatized by this process. We also teach you skills that you can apply to everyday life. So the P stands for psychoeducation. We're going to get a baseline of what skills that you are lacking in and provide you the education that you need to do well in the program. For the R, it is relaxation skills. So we're going to teach you those coping skills so that you can ground yourself and you can use the healthy coping skills so you don't become too dysregulated during this process. The A is the affective modulation skills. So that just means facial expressions and our feelings. So we're going to learn how we feel instead of just using I'm happy, I'm mad, I'm sad, I'm glad. We're going to use deep words like hopeful and loved, much deeper words than the four or five words that a lot of people use to express their feelings. For the C in practice, it is cognitive coping skills. So we're going to learn how our thoughts affect our feelings, which affect our behavior. We're going to link those together, which are very helpful in seeing how when you have a trigger, how your brain automatically reacts and then how you react as a result of how you're thinking. And then the TICE part of practice is the actual dealing with the trauma part of it. So the T stands for the trauma narrative and processing phase. We actually go through the trauma and help you to become more desensitized to it so it's no longer taking and controlling your life. And then the ICE is putting everything together and walking away so you can be safe and use these skills long term. The I stands for in vivo mastery of the trauma reminders. So in this part, we're going to make sure you're no longer reacting or dysregulated to certain triggers. So it may be a loud sound or a smell that would remind you in the past, and it would be very traumatizing for you. And because of this type of the therapy, you're able to handle those responses much more appropriately now. Uh, the C stands for the conjoined sessions, which is where the youth is able to tell their story without becoming dysregulated again. So it would be with someone that they love and trust, a parent, a caregiver, a friend, an aunt, an uncle, someone that they trust. And then the E just stands for enhancing safety, which is where we plan for the future. We plan so that they can be successful in their future endeavors so that this trauma is no longer holding their lives captive. Um, it's something also where we have our closure steps. So this is where we're ending our therapy. And it's usually week 16 to week 20 at that time where they're ending their therapy and they're showing how they're successful in the home environment, in school or wherever they fit in in life. I love that you use that term holding them captive because I think for a lot of people that do experience anxiety or um, trauma responses or PTSD, that is what it is. It's holding you captive and you can't, I mean, you can't function. Um, so other than that sort of trauma, do you help with any other area? Let's say that someone came in and they struggled with substance abuse or something like that. Would you help with that situation? Sure. 
Sure, absolutely. I have been working with substance use since 2014 when I started working for Brentwood Meadows or Brentwood Springs, which some people know it as now. And I was running their partial hospitalization program for substance use. So I got a lot of experience there, which is what also triggered my interest in becoming a nurse practitioner. I worked with a really amazing nurse practitioner there named Julie, who got me to understand how important medication is in helping individuals with substance use. It was my first experience with medication-assisted treatment, which has been really helpful to assist patients with long-term sobriety. It was at Brentwood where I went back and got my nursing degree and then my nurse practitioner degree and have been working with Dr. Thomas Fannin here for the medication-assisted program that we have through several of our Samaritan Center offices. So what medications would you use for this type of treatment? There's quite a few options now than there were even in 2014. We have medications that we use a lot for opiate addiction, um, as well as sometimes for methamphetamine use. We use Suboxone and Sublocade. Suboxone is a medication that is a dissolvable tablet or a film that you would put under your tongue. And Sublocate is actually the long-term injectable that you would use. And both of these medications have been shown very successful in getting off of opiates and uh, methamphetamines as well. We also use medications such as Vivitrol and Naltrexone to help you come off of alcohol and to help with the cravings of it as well. We have several medications that we can use off-label as well to help with cravings, detox. Some of those medications that we will use off-label are like Wellbutrin, which a lot of people are on for depression as well. We have other medications that will help you in the hospital through detox, such as Librium or Acamprosate. But my main focus on the outpatient side has been Vivitrol for alcohol, Suboxone and Sublocade for opiate and methamphetamine. Okay. So you mentioned outpatient treatments. What kind of outpatient treatments are there for people? Right. We actually have several at Samaritan Center. We have something available to you in every one of our Samaritan Center offices on the outpatient side. We have partial hospitalization program and IOP, which is the intensive outpatient program. Both of those are at the Bayou Street office in Vincennes. And then we have, I believe, an IOP program also in the Washington office. And then almost all of our offices offer medication-assisted treatment through Suboxone, Sublocade, Vivitrol. We also have therapists who are dedicated to chemical dependency. That is their specialty. They focus on the recovery process for you and help you deal with also some of the other issues that may have led to substance use, such as a traumatic response, sexual abuse, physical abuse, and you've turned to alcohol or drugs to cope with what's happened to you. And we also work with the patient to get them whatever services they need while they're in treatment for substance use as well. We have a lot of working knowledge and experience with the Knox County Drug Court and probation and work release as well. So you talked a a little bit earlier about how you recommend doing therapy when it comes to using medication for different traumas if you were presented with mental illness like anxiety or depression. So would you still recommend doing that therapy with um, alcohol and substance abuse whenever you're coming out of that? I know that you said it's an option, but would you recommend it? 
Most definitely. There's a reason why we turn to maladaptive behaviors, whether that is alcohol or drugs or overeating or gambling or sex. There's always a reason why we turn to those. Is What are we trying to avoid? What are we trying to deal with? What are we trying to cope with? We always try to protect ourselves in whatever fashion is comfortable to us. And some of it is just to take what has happened to us and shove it into a box and try to ignore it. And then unfortunately it's maladaptive. So we respond differently, whether we overeat or we use drugs or alcohol, or we harm ourselves by cutting or burning ourselves. We have to deal with what has happened to us in order to be successful in the long term. So I always recommend my patients to have therapy, even if it's short term, I'm still going to encourage it because it's going to be so much more beneficial for them in the long run. Absolutely. So you did mention the different places and um, locations that you have these services at with the Samaritan Center and in Washington and and on Bayou Street. Um, So how would someone go about getting one of these appointments or setting up uh, the initial intake interview? Sure. Um, A lot of people just go through our intake department, which will cover for any type of substance use problem you may have or therapy. We also, um, I'm working with the IU residency program for the psychiatry to train a resident there to do the trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy. And there's a couple of therapists also at the Riverfront office that do that specific therapy. So they could either go through the intake department to reach out to someone at the Riverfront office, or they would talk, contact the IU residency program, which would maybe lessen the amount of time to get an appointment if they wanted just trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, but for any type of the medication-assisted program, they would always go through our intake department. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about today? No, I just want to encourage people to understand that they're not alone in this mental health journey, that we're all fighting one type of a battle or another. And it's difficult to make that first step to give us a phone call, but we are much more understanding than you realize because many of us have walked through the same path that you're currently on, and we're more than happy to help you out. Absolutely. And that is a great resource that we have here at Good Samaritan. And if anyone is struggling with their mental health or they need help with substance abuse or alcohol abuse, they can always reach us at 812-886-6800 and ask for our intake department and we can get you an appointment set up with Christy or with somebody that can help you with your recovery. Thank you again for being here today. Um, And that's going to wrap up my first episode of doing the Good Samaritan HealthCast. Please tune in next week and we will see you then.